Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Sports Radio Network. News update. ESPN's Michelle Steele reports an arrest warrant for Patriots owner Robert Kraft is, quote, imminent. Kraft is accused of soliciting two prostitutes at the Orchids of Asia Spa in Jupiter, Florida. Kraft has, quote, categorically denied the charges. In the NBA, Luka Doncic is questionable for Monday's game against the Clippers. Giannis Antetokounmpo is doubtful for Monday's game against the Chicago Bulls due to right knee soreness. In baseball, Dodgers manager Dave Roberts specified Sunday that Clayton Kershaw is dealing with soreness in his left shoulder. The club hadn't divulged many details about Kershaw's injury, which first popped up during a live batting practice session last Monday. Patrick Saunders of the Denver Post reports that the Rockies have signed manager Bud Black to a three-year contract extension. And the Yankees and outfielder Aaron Hicks have agreed to a seven-year, $70 million contract extension. I'm Dan Straffer, and this has been your Fantasy Sports Radio Network News Update. Stay tuned to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network for more updates at the top of every hour. It's college basketball season, and the Monmouth Park Sportsbook by William Hill is your best bet to watch and wager on all the games leading up to the big tournament. Watch every minute of action on our 75-foot HD video wall. Wager on props, parlays, over-unders, and much more. Go to monmouthpark.com for news updates and handicapping. Excludes New Jersey college teams and college events taking place in New Jersey. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Are you new to Daily Fantasy? Are you a veteran? Either way, you can better your chances of winning money, and lots of it, by going to DailyRoto.com. Multiple people have become millionaires thanks to the guys at Daily Roto. Why not take advice from the experts? You can become a millionaire, too. Just go to DailyRoto.com to rock Daily Fantasy Sports. Are you, or someone you love, one of the nearly one million Americans living with Parkinson's disease? There is no known cure, but you have the power to help change that by participating in a clinical trial. The Michael J. Fox Foundation will help get you started. Visit michaeljfox.org forward slash participant pack to download the new Parkinson's trial participant pack. It's free and available right now. That's michaeljfox.org forward slash participant pack. Visit today. Fantasy Sports Radio Network. News update. In baseball, both Matt Carpenter and Ronald Acuna have returned to the starting lineup after being hit by pitches on Wednesday night. A CT scan on Ronald Acuna's left elbow came back clear and he was back leading off for the Atlanta Braves. Acuna was hit by a pitch from Jose Urena in the first inning of Wednesday's game against the Marlins. Matt Carpenter was back in the St. Louis lineup after being dinged by Matt Grace pitch on his hand. John Hammond of FanCred Sports is reporting that Adam Jones has cleared revocable trade waivers. That means he's a cast providers. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. All right, it's Dr. Roto. Get out the insurance card. Get out the copay. Office is open, my friends. Adam Ronis, it's fantasy baseball time. We're both in the midst of drafts as we speak. 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, my Scout 44, actually, I finished my draft today. Uh, wow. I think there might be a few picks left, but uh, these guys were really good. Maybe one person held it up a little bit, but uh, the picks were just flying. I don't even remember the date we started the draft. It feels like we finished uh, a week, a week and a half, but a very good job of everyone who was involved in the uh, Beat Adam Ronas Scout 44. It moved very quickly. I think I'm the slowest one in the Beat Dr. Auto League. And I'm really? usually fast, yeah. But you know what happens? These guys are so fast that I'm not even ready for the pick sometimes. But we're in round 13. I think we started Thursday, maybe? Okay. Yeah. Wednesday or Thursday, we're in round 13 already. It's pretty fast. Yeah, no, I think uh, in the one we did, too, everyone was picking pretty quickly. So it was nice. It's like you turn around and you're like, oh, I'm up again. And I was picking 11. So obviously I had the two quick picks. So the guy behind me. Even though he sniped me quite a bit, he was uh, pretty ready uh, on a lot. He had a lot of auto picks, which uh, you know makes it nice because I can make those uh, picks very quickly. Are you happy with your team in the scout league? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a lot different in a 12-team league compared to 15. Uh, sometimes it's more difficult, I feel, because you have so many options and so many ways to choose. So, uh, you know, I did well in these last year, and uh, yeah, I like the team that I came out with. I was going to ask you about that. Because, you know, we're so used to 15-team leagues. In a 12, do you think that pushes a player up a couple of rounds? Or how, how do you judge it? You know, so now all of a sudden, let's just say, for example, Ahmed Rosario in a 15-team league, he hasn't even gone yet in round 13. But in a 15-team league, he would have gone. But in our 12 here, he's still out there. He's still there in round 12? 13, yeah. Yeah, I, people are messing up. There's no way he should still be there. Don't say that, Ronas. I'm picking in five picks. I'm taking him. Well, you shouldn't have brought it up. Well, you know what I said. But is, is, don't you think it skews it a little bit? Uh, I think also it really depends, too, on the draft room, the software, and where the rankings are. I just think people get heavily influenced by the rankings. So uh, the rankings in there are different from other software. So if someone is just jumping into a draft for the first time and looking at those rankings, it's going to influence them. So for me... Uh, I don't look at it like that, obviously. I have my own rankings, and I go by that. So I really don't care. I mean, sometimes you'll sit there, and you'll be like, well, this guy is ranked here, and maybe he'll last. But you can't risk that if you really want that player because you don't know what everyone else is thinking. And not everyone is going to go by the rankings in the software, but I do think it heavily influences people's decisions. When they see a guy that maybe they were thinking about taking around six or seven, and he's like 140, they're like, oh, well. I can wait. I can wait on it. Yeah. Right? yeah. And, you know, that – it can work at times, but can it, it can also backfire in a big way. I shouldn't say, maybe, maybe everybody feels this way. I really like my team in the Scout League, but I, maybe it's a 12-team league and everybody likes their team. Is, do you think that's possible? That, does that happen more often in a 12-team league and a 15, that people just love their team? Yeah, I think in a 12-team league it's much easier because there's uh, less teams and you're able to have fewer holes. So in a 15-team league, you're usually going to come out probably deficient in something, especially if it's a very competitive league. Uh, whereas in a 12, I think most people are going to love their team just because there's more talent to go around. Yeah, I, I love it. It's like the best roster construction I've ever done in my life. But who knows? I, I, don't, I don't know if I'm going to win. But I, it's funny because uh, our friend Earl, Dirty Vegas, he, he, was, he wrote a little uh, article there that he sent to me who was, I love my team, meaning his own team. I guess everybody just feels that way when they draft because as long as you're getting the players you want, you're happy. Yeah, and then uh, by the end of the season, only one person is real happy. <laughs> that is absolutely very true. So as a quick aside, I went to spring training this week. I saw the Yankees play the Red Sox. I saw a guy delivering pizza 
uh, let up a home run to Glaber Torres in the first inning. Glaber Torres does not look like he's 21 or 22 years old. He's a man-child. Yeah, uh, I, I do think he's overvalued, though, in fantasy right now. Well, do you think that's because of his success last year or just the fact that he's a New York Yankee or both? I think it's both. He was a top prospect, so everyone knew he was going to be good. Obviously, playing for the Yankees certainly is going to give him more appeal as well. And, uh, you know, he did miss some time and still put up good numbers. But the biggest problem that I think a lot of people are not looking at is where is he hitting in the order? And when you hit lower in the order, your numbers are going to not be as good, even as prolific as the Yankee lineup is. You know, he still scored 54 runs in 123 games last year. If he's hitting at the bottom of the order, you know, the, the, those runs are going to be down. Our RBIs might not be great. Uh, so that, that's my biggest problem with him now. Is it possible that, you know, he goes on a tear and eventually they move him up to the leadoff spot? Certainly possible because they can go in a lot of different directions right now. Uh, we're hearing Aaron Judge might hit leadoff against lefties. Obviously, they have Aaron Hicks. So they have Aaron a lot of Judge. You heard that? Yeah, I saw Aaron Hicks hit leadoff oh. the uh, yes, and the game I saw. I don't know whether he will do that in real life or not, but he was hitting leadoff. Yeah, no, they're talking about Aaron Judge hitting leadoff against left-handed pitching and then Stanton second. Wow. To get that, you know, Judge is a good OBP guy anyway, and you get them more at bats. Uh, you know, the way it's shaping up now, it looks like it's going to be Hicks, Judge, Stanton, Sanchez, Andujar, Torres probably hitting sixth. Um, but they are pretty heavily right-handed right now with the lineup that they have here. They really don't have a lot of lefties. What I, what I do like about baseball now, and maybe it's just some teams, when else in life would, you, would Aaron Judge ever bat first? I think people are throwing rules out the window. You know, like in the old days, Aaron Judge would bat fourth because he's my cleanup hitter. But after what the Rays did last year, I think people are willing to try new things in baseball. Well, I think we've kind of seen this already with maybe some of the top hitters hitting two, you know, pushing them up to get them more at-bats. So I think that's probably where you'll see Judge to begin with. And, you know, to go with Judge, Stanton, and Sanchez, uh, two, three, four is uh, pretty lethal. The crazy thing about Gleyber Torres is that I think on any other team in the major league, maybe at, with the exception of the Red Sox and maybe the Astros, this guy would be a top five hitter. I mean, only on the Yankees is he going to bat sixth or seventh. Yeah, they have a lot of depth and a lot of good players. Uh, you know, again, he could move his way up front. It's possible if he gets off to a, a great start. Uh, you know, maybe they decide to move Hicks down. Uh, so it's possible if Gleyber gets off to a, bad, a good start. And I think if you're drafting him that early, that's what you have to hope for. Well, at the game, the four Yankees that traveled were Hicks, Andujar, uh, Greg Bird, and Torres. So it was good to see those guys. Greg Bird looked okay. I don't know how much he's going to play this year, but he played okay. But look, Voigt uh, got a home run the next day. So I think Voigt looks like he's the player at first base. Yeah, for now he is. And, you know, there's there's some excitement for him. Obviously, he had a good finish to the season last year. And uh, he's actually going... uh, not real, real high, but not as cheap as you would think. And so for the Red Sox, it was really kind of lame. It really was bad, Adam. It was uh, Sandy Leon and Rafael Devers played. Devers looked pretty good. He smacked out a home run. And then, oh, they had this rookie, Michael Chavez. Do you know that kid? The kid was suspended for 80 games last year. Yeah. He, sh- he hit the home run. Devers had a double. But uh, I don't even know where this guy plays. He plays third base, and he's behind Devers. So I'm not even sure where this guy ends up playing. What do you think teams like that do with their top rookies? Do you think they just end up trading them at some point during the season? I mean, if you're in an AL only league, do you just draft them on reserve and hope that he gets traded? Uh, it depends on how close they are to the majors. And 
you know, it's always tough to tell because it's going to depend on what they do during the season, where the team is, what their needs are. So, you know, a team like the Red Sox, obviously, they're hoping to go for it, although they do have some holes right now. And they had a lot of guys have career years last year. So can they get back to that level is a big question. So I, I did my fantasy baseball in a nutshell series, and I talked about the Reds today. And, you know, here's a question I have about Nick Senzel. And I know we discussed him. I know you said you liked him. My thought was the following. You've got Scooter Jeanette, you've got Jose Peraza, Eugenio Suarez. You've signed all these guys to contracts. If Senzel can't make it in the outfield, what do the Reds do with him? Do they trade him at the deadline if, if, to, to try to go for it this year? Because realistically, if he can't play the outfield and he's an infielder, what are you going to do with him? You already have the, those, those positions taken. Nah, they're not going to trade him. He's part of their future. So uh, if anything, it, it, it could be Scooter who they move. So I think they expect him to be a big part of their future. They must have confidence that he can handle the outfield. Uh, I know they've kind of given him an extra couple days here in the spring before putting him out there. So uh, I think they believe that he can handle it. Otherwise, they wouldn't do this. Why do you think Scooter Jeanette gets so little respect? Because that's something else I wrote about. I mean, this guy, last two years, man, he is lethal against righties. Certainly DFS, a guy I love playing. And in that ballpark, he should be going 20-80 every year. Yeah, I put out his stats on Twitter a few weeks ago. I'm like, without looking up, do you guys know who this is? And hardly anyone guessed it because they don't realize how good he's been the last two years. 92 RBIs last year, 97 two years ago. Good average, too. 295 and 310. So it's taken him some time. Obviously, he was with the Brewers and really didn't get much of an opportunity. We did see something in 2016, decent numbers, and obviously has gone to the Reds and thrived. And uh, definitely someone that I think is getting the respect this year. He's, he's going around seven, eight, sometimes nine. So I think he's starting to get the respect in fantasy circles now. I felt the same way when I was doing my uh, write-up about Eugenio Suarez. I didn't even realize he had 34 home runs and 104 RBIs last year. I just didn't. Re- I mean, I knew he was good. I didn't realize he was that good. Yeah, no, I knew he was good. Uh, he's definitely been someone that I'm looking at in the fourth, fifth round. Uh, you know, he's 27 years old. Again, good lineup, good ballpark. Uh, third base is a position that uh, is not extremely deep, and you know, he's just getting better each year, and he's been pretty durable as well. Uh, he played 143 games last year, 156, 159 the two previous years, and. We've just seen the, the home runs go up each year, and uh, now he's like in the prime of his career as far as power. Uh, so he's, he's in a good spot. Uh, and I think uh, another guy, too, that you know, people are finally realizing you know, the player that he is, uh, you know, seen a, a huge uptick in his hard hit rate last year. So uh, it's reflected in his draft price. All right. So I know that you were starting the great fantasy baseball invitational, and I know there are tons of leagues out there, but I was very interested in your league because I know that you were drafting 12. And I think that, you know, a lot of people, part of what we do here is try to give advice to people when they draft and what they can expect. And I was very interested to see what you were going to do with your first couple of picks. So what round are you in in that draft? And uh, what did you do with your first two picks? There's one pick left in round five. And uh, I had picked 12. And All right, hold on. That. Don't tell me yet. Hold on, hold on. Tell me the first 11 guys. Can you tell me that? Trout, Betts, Turner, Acuna, Yelich, J.D. Martinez, Scherzer, Jose Ramirez, Arenado, Sale, DeGrom. Wow, Jose Ramirez went real late. Yeah. All right, so DeGrom went right before you. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, now, let me ask you this before you tell me your pick. Would you have taken DeGrom had he made it to you? What had you decided to do? Yeah, I think I would have taken DeGrom had he made it. Okay. I thought that's what I would have done that for sure. All right. All right so since they, all the pictures went there, what did you do at 12? Uh, I took Aaron Judge. Uh, I, I think he's being undervalued. Uh, I think he's the first-round pick and consistently going in the second round. Although, on my scout 44, the guy on the turn at 12 took him 13. I thought I was getting him at 14. <laughs> I'm like, is this guy kidding me? Really? So, look, Judge, I, I don't understand it. Like, he was a first-round pick last year. What did he do last year to say that the guy's not any good? He had 27 homers, 67 RBIs, scored 77 runs, hit 278, stole six bases in 112 games. I know he had the wrist injury where he got hit by a pitch, but he's healthy. He gets a boost in OBP leagues. This is not an OBP league. It's average. But this is one of the better lineups. He should easily hit 35 to 40 home runs, drive in 100, score 100 runs. Uh, the average might be the question mark, but 278 and 284 the last two years. And if he could just cut down on the strikeouts a little bit, that average may, might be even higher. And then this is another thing that people need to understand is they'll be like, well, his BABIP is so high. Well, that's his baseline. Again, it's not us once it's each individual player has their own baseline. He had a 357 BABIP 2017, 368 last year. His career mark is 356. Why is his BABIP so high? Because the guy crushes the baseball. When you hit the baseball hard, yeah, <laughs> a lot of balls are going to fall in. So I just don't understand why he's not going in the first round. And Clay Link, who picked after me at 13 in the chat room, was like, I can't believe you took him. That was my guy. I wanted you. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's so. actually that's a great sign because if Clay Link likes him, and I trust we 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 think very highly of Clay Link, you know, you made a great pick. Yeah, he won this the overall last year in this great fantasy baseball invitational. So uh, I was told him. I said, "Well, don't worry. You're probably going to snipe me on some picks anyway, so you'll get back at me." But like I had thought about this over the last week or two when I knew I was getting this pick and I said for me it's Aaron Judge uh Francisco Lindor went one pick after to Clay at 13 but you would have taken DeGrom though had he been there yeah I would have taken yeah. DeGrom and he went one pick before me because I I thought maybe there was a shot that Judge would make it back obviously I, that wouldn't have worked out knowing that Clay was all set to take him but but uh, I just think that Judge is a, a, a late first round pick and you know I'm I see I other people in other leagues taking him in round two. I'm like, so I think uh, I got him. I got him in round two in the scout 44. He lasted to me. I had the eighth pick in the in the draft, and he lasted to me in round two. I took him in two seconds. I think someone in a 15 team league started Degrom and Judge. I mean, I'm yeah. like, I'm like, yeah. come on, man, really? So I'll tell you this: this league is extremely tough, and I knew it would be because it's champions. But my goodness, like, there's no value to be had. Round five, like, there were like seven guys I wanted. They all were gone mm -hmm. by the time I picked. So. You know, it's a challenge, and that's what you want, but uh, this looks like it's going to be a tough room. I feel that way in, when we're in Vegas and, like, when we do the Invitational. It's like squeezing value out of the draft. is like squeezing a dime out of your butt. I mean, it's just like there's nothing to be had there. It's just nothing. And you're like, how, how can I be in the seventh round of a draft and not be taking any player I like? And sadly, that's probably what's going to happen here. So, all right, round two for you. You took the judge in round one. Give me the players after. Lindor... Lindor went at 13. Who went at 14, 15? Altuve and Goldschmidt. And then who went at 16, 17? Machado and Verlander. All right. And then who went the pick before? Who did Clay take as his next pick? Giancarlo Stanton. Would you have taken Stanton? Um, possibly. Uh, it wasn't really... I would have had to thought about it, but uh, he wasn't someone that I was thinking about. But it, 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 he'd be under consideration for sure. 
I'm going to say you took Freddie Freeman. I did not. You did not. Nope. But you know what? Don't take... Just hold that thought. Because I know everybody out there is gripped to this radio st- show, wanting to know who you took, and we're just going to have to wait to win, Adam, after the break. How about that? We can do that. We can do that. All right. I'm Dr. Roto. He's Adam Ronas. We're South Fantasy Sports, and we'll be back with Ronas's pick right after this. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. All right, we're back. Scout Fantasy Sports here. Dr. Roto along with Adam Ronis. And we're talking about the uh, great fantasy baseball invitational draft. I, you know, Rona, I, I shouldn't say this, but it's true. I, I turned down an invite to that last year. For no good reason then. I just didn't want another league. But I probably should have done it, right? Yeah. A lot of people are doing it. Yeah, pretty much almost everyone in the industry is doing it. And uh, it's fun. You know, it's kind of similar to uh, what um, the football that we do. What is that? The Scott Fish. The Scott Fish Fish Ball. It's a similar thing. Yeah, I think I'll do it next year. I know Justin Mason's in my Tout Wars league. He invited me. He's a nice guy, great guy. I just, I don't, I was just thinking like another league, like a hole in the head, you know what I mean? But uh, maybe this one's worth it. Yeah, and it's NFBC style, so it's weekly league. So you got waivers once a week and. You can change your offensive players on Friday. We didn't have that last year. It was only once a week. We did it on a different site, but they decided to play NFBC rules this year, and um, uh, I think it's good. How many leagues are there? I think there's actually, I think there's 23 leagues of 15 teams. Well, good for him. Good for him. All right, I'll, I'll, get, in, I'll get in it next year. All right, so we left everybody out there in, in anticipation of your pick, Ronis. I had said maybe possibly Freddie Freeman. So give me like four or five guys who are out there for you to choose. And let's see if we can come up with what you did. Uh, Trevor Story, Bryce Harper, Javier Baez, Garrett Cole. All right. I'm going to say Story or Baez. I don't think you're going to go Harper. I, I know you like Cole, but I don't think you're going to go Cole. Ooh, I mentioned Javier Baez Wait, to you last I'll week. You, I'll give no. you two more. Yeah. Uh, Freddie Freeman, Alex Bregman. I said Freeman. You already said no. Bregman, you like, but I know you're worried about his shoulder. I know you worry about his shoulder, but I know if he was healthy, you definitely would take Bregman. Um, I'll say uh, Trevor Story. Nope. Uh, Alex Bregman. Really? You went Bregman? Yeah. That's the second round. He's gone on the first round of a lot of drafts. Uh, it seems like he's fine. There's nothing serious. So uh, I just think that this guy has a high floor that can produce across the board. You know, uh, the steals were 17 years ago, 10 last year. So, you know, give me 10 to 12. Again, Judge can get 8 to 9. So, again, not a lot of speed, but at least I'm getting something out of my first two picks. Uh, I'm building a, a solid – I don't have a 300 hitter here, but Bre- I think Bregman can. He has the ability. He was 286 last year, 284 the year before, 3,100, 105 runs, good Astros lineup. Also has the uh, third and short eligibility, so it gives me some flexibility to move around. So I just think he's a guy that contributes across the board, and uh, I don't think we've seen his ceiling yet. Uh, this guy is 24 years old, turns 25 at the end of March, and 
just a, a really, really good hitter and uh, in a good spot in that lineup. So I'm a, I'm a fan of Bregman. And to get him in round two, uh, I was pretty happy about that. I thought, it was pr- I thought it was an easy call when he fell there. Well, I mean, I know you like Bregman. I just, like I said, I remember we talked about this and you mentioned something about his shoulder and you weren't his sure. Elbow. He had uh, some, some uh, yeah. elbow surgery. Did you call Larry Schechter because he's Larry's nephew? Did you ask Larry? Nah, Larry doesn't seem to draft him, man. So I don't know if I can go uh, on his... Uh, maybe he's $1 maybe, more than Larry wanted to pay. Yeah, maybe this is the year he pays for him. I don't know. <laughs> well, look, I, I can never fault you for taking Bregman. Let me ask you this, though. Compare Bregman to me to Javi Baez and Trevor Story. I mean, Story may have more power, similar speed, not as good an average. I like Story a lot. I think uh, there's a lot of people doubting him, but I think he's the real deal. And you got to like the fact that he's playing half his games in cores. Really, the difference is uh, I just think Bregman has a little bit of a higher ceiling. Uh, Story's speed, I don't don't think you can project 27 steals again, but I could see 15 to 20. Um, I just think Bregman's a little bit of a better hitter. We had, did see Story cut down on the strikeouts quite a bit last year. That was definitely encouraging. Uh, and and uh, you got to like the fact that he plays in course Field for sure. But uh, I think Bregman, uh, I have a little bit higher, and he also has the flexibility to play two positions. Now, I'm a Javi Baez kind of guy. I just have always liked him, and he plays multiple positions, good power, good speed. Not the greatest average. I don't trust him. I mean, I, I think he should hit 260, 270, but I don't trust him. Did you think about Baez there? Uh, not with Bregman on the board. Uh, I think Baez definitely has some question marks. He's gotten better each year, and I think he is a good hitter. Uh, I wish he just was a little bit more disciplined because – you know, he seems like a guy that is kind of prone to extensive slumps just because he chases so much. And again, it can work with certain hitters, but uh, I just worry that he doesn't hit enough fly balls, and uh, that might have been his career year. All right, so round one is the judge. Round two is the Bregman. So we're now round three. Give me five guys that you could have taken. Give me the guy who went right before you at round three, and then give me some guys that you could choose. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Would you have taken him? No. Okay, I didn't think you would. All right, so now give me like five guys that we could decide what you would have done. Cody Bellinger, Reese Hoskins, Xander Bogarts, Alberto Mondesi, Zach Greinke. All right, you're not taking Greinke. You're not. Give me the, the hitters. Give me the throws of hitters again. Bogarts, Hoskins, mm-hmm. Mondesi, Bellinger. Not, you're not taking Bellinger. Bogarts, you just have Bregman. I like Mont- Mondesi's interesting, but maybe that's just me talking. Like Rice Hoskins, man, that guy's a beast. I'm thinking you're taking Hoskins or Mondesi. Yeah, I went Hoskins. Yeah. Uh, Mondesi went one pick after me. To Clay uh, Link, who's killing you, by the way. Uh, Hoskins is uh, someone that I think has big power potential. Uh, last year, I thought, you know, he had a good year. And I just think there's some more upside here. I like what the Phillies have done with their lineup. Even if they don't get Bryce Harper, they definitely improved it, adding Gene Segura, adding McCutcheon, adding uh, Real Muto. So this is a really good lineup. Hoskins is going to be in a spot to drive in a ton of runs. Uh, 34-96 last year. Uh, I wish the average was a little bit higher. Uh, I think he's probably 250-260 hitter, possibly more if he can – uh, hit some more line drives. You but know, he can jack to, 40 home runs, Ronis. He can yeah, go 41-20. Yeah, 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 I so, think he can. So, so here, that's, here's that's a question for you. And, and the other thing is, right now he's outfield eligible. He's going to get first base eligibility right. Uh, right. at 20 games in. 
Absolutely. So let me ask you this. You, you're choosing there. You already have Judge, who I think is a, a virtual living lock for 40 home runs. So let's just call that 40. You have Bregman. Did you think like by getting Hoskins here, I'm, I'm putting myself in a really great position where I can take a, weak, a weaker player later with power? Or when you were debating with Mondesi, did you think, hey, this guy could steal 40 or 50 bases, and with Bregman, I could be close to 65 bases. Why choose the power over the speed? Because I have concerns about Mondesi. I mean, he's a real polarizing player. Uh, you know, I see the people who are very optimistic about him, and they go, wow, this guy should steal 40 bases easily. Uh, he had 32 stolen bases last year in 75 games. And uh, we know he's got a ton of speed, and the Royals are going to be aggressive. And, you know, he's only caught seven times. Uh, the power, I think, is a question mark. Uh, the plate discipline is a big question mark because uh, he barely walks. And, you know, the more pitchers see him, I feel like they're going to get him the chase. They're not going to give him good pitches to hit. So uh, I do have concerns about him. But I could see him going 15-40. I mean, it's certainly a possibility. When he made contact, it was real hard contact. But, I, you know, this type of player, it reminds me a little bit of Jonathan VR a couple years ago when people took him in round two and he flopped. Um, so I don't know. Like, I don't, I'm not like a hundred percent adamant. Like he's going to fail. Like I do see the side where he could have success. So it was in the back of my mind, but uh, I just felt like Hoskins was a little bit more solidified. Like I know what I'm going to get from Hoskins. If he doesn't get hurt, I should get elite power numbers. Whereas with Mondesi, you know, I could see the lower end being, you know, pretty bad where you're only getting steals and, you don't get a lot of power, and maybe the average is low. So uh, I think he's one of the more interesting players this year in fantasy. So I have another draft board up here, just some random league that I found on Twitter, part of the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational. I just want to share this with you because uh, you may, may or may not appreciate this. Alex Bregman went 11, and the team who took Bregman at 11 took Judge in round two. Unreal, right? Yeah, and, it, it's, it's crazy. And uh, this team, the, a team took Mondesi at 3-3. And there you took him at 315. I mean, well, not you. I, Clay Link took him at uh, 313. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's weird. Uh, every draft is kind of different, and that's why you can't really go by ADP. You just have to kind of take the guys you want. And, like, in this league, like, ADP is definitely thrown out the window. I've oh, already, yeah. I've already kind of figured that. Like, all right, well, I can't worry about it. If I push a guy up 15, 20 spots because I want him, I'm going to do it. In your league, you said Trey Turner went three. In this league, he went nine. Trevor Story went 13. This, this league is all over the place. I mean, unreal. Paul Goldschmidt went with the, at one two, at the, the team five got him in the second round. That's crazy. All right, so let's get back to your draft here. So now we're in round four. We are Judge Bregman Hoskins. Give me who Clay Link took right before you. Patrick Corbin. Were you angry? Not angry. I was probably going to take him, but not angry. Okay, so he kind of sniped you, but eh, well, not really. All right, All right. So give me four players that we were looking at next of who you could have ch- taken. Uh, James Paxton, Paxton, Chris Davis, Mike Clevenger, Carlos Correa, Lorenzo Cain. I'm going to say no on Cain. I, are you going to take Paxton? You, you hate the Yankees, but you know you like winning. I took so. Aaron Judge. Right, I know that's true. I said you like winning, so I, that that won't affect it. Clevenger, I think I take Paxson over Clevenger. Who are your other choices again? Chris Davis, Carlos Correa. Wow, man, Chris Davis. I think you might have taken him, but not when you just added Hoskins and Judge. Like, why do I need another forty-seven home runs? 
That's a tough one, Ronis. Could you pass on Clevenger or who was that other pitcher? Paxton. Or, or Paxton. I, I would have taken the pitcher. I don't think you did. What'd you do? I took Mike Clevenger. You did take the pitcher. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I had to. Because I think at that point, were you starting to worry that there were no real good aces left? Uh, I mean, obviously there wasn't. Uh, you know, I don't think I called Clevenger an ace, but uh, Clevenger is someone that I had in a lot of leagues last year. I thought he was going to take the step up and obviously got him at a cheaper price. But, you know, I think he's legit. I think he put it all together last year. Uh, the, the one thing that we needed to see was him to cut down on the walks. He did. The strikeout dipped a little bit, but he still had more than a strikeout per nine. And he was one of a few pitchers last year that got to 200 innings and struck out 200. He's also uh, in an AL Central that is pretty weak. I mean, he gets to face the White Sox, the Royals, and the Tigers lineups a lot. So I know people will say, oh, an American League pitcher, but uh, I think Clevenger is uh, the real deal. I like what I saw of him last year. So uh, people might say it's kind of early, but uh, again, you, you got to throw ADP out the window here. So I was, uh, I was satisfied to get Clevenger uh, after starting with three bats. Where did Trevor Bauer go? Oh, he went three, five. I mean, if he made yeah. it to the third round, I'd take him in a heartbeat. But I where did he Walker Bueller go? He went uh, three, eight. He went in the fourth round in this draft. I'm looking at here, crazy, right? Yeah, man. Like, a, and what about Jamison Tyon? He went uh, four, six. Oh, you could have had no, him no, too. Four. Yeah, I could have had him. So your choices were Tyon. Clevin, I guess I would have taken Clevenger or Paxton. It's yeah. Clevenger, Paxton, Strasburg, Tyon, and Flattery, Flaherty and Marquez yeah. all went in that round. Really? Marquez went in that round too? Last pick around four. Wow. Yeah. People are just, it's crazy. Uh, it's really crazy right now with pitching. People are just jumping early. I, I, maybe I don't blame them, but they're jumping early. Um, so with Paxton, did it, does it bother you that the guy has never pitched 180 innings and may not? Yeah, I think it's a it's a problem. I understand when he does pitch, the numbers are good, but he is going to a new team, uh, Yankee Stadium. Obviously, is 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 better for left-handed pitching, but uh, you know he did give up a lot more home runs last year. Um, so how does that translate going to the American League East and Yankee Stadium? Uh, 116 a third innings that was his career high last year. I mean, you you can't really expect more than 170 based on what he has done in his career. So why would I want to take that guy in that spot when I'm hoping Cleverjay could repeat the 200 innings he gave last year? Right. And I feel I like he's Cle in a better division. I think Clevenger is a highly underrated pitcher who is in that class with Corbin and Tyon, and he's clearly in that class. But I think in many drafts, he's the guy that you can get the, the easiest, which is I don't know why that's the case because I, I, I like him a whole lot, Adam. So, I mean, I have no problem with you taking him there. Yeah, I mean, for me, it, it was down on Clevenger and Tyon, and I went with Clevenger, and a lot of people would say, well, why don't you take the National League guy? I actually think Tyon's in a tougher division, and I do like Tyon. I've written about him. Uh, he was someone I had in a lot of leagues last year, but I just feel like uh, Clevenger is a little bit better. I think I have him one spot above Tyon. All right, so our team now is Judge, Bregman, Hoskins, and Clevenger. It is now round five. Who is the pick before you? Uh, this is what round was really tough because all the guys I wanted went. Uh, there were a ton of them. Uh, Nelson Cruz went. Segura went. Tommy Pham went. Jonathan VR went. David Dahl went. And then mm -hmm. one pick before me. This was the guy I was going to take when I saw. I said, all right, if he's there, I'm taking him. And uh, James Anderson of Rotowire took him. Eugenio Suarez. 
Ah, all right. I, there's nothing worse than like literally picking picking twelve and everybody goes in front of you in the round. Okay, it's so like who are all those guys? Yeah. I'm like, all right, I'll get one of these guys, and they all went. Like Segura <laughs> would have been a good fit for my team. Yeah, Fan would have been would a good be. fit for my team VR, and it's and Dahl, who I expect to have a breakout year, who I've been getting in a lot of drafts cheaper than this, and he goes in the fifth round here. So, and right, so give me give me, five, like, give me five guys. Give me four or five guys who you could have taken. Uh, Clayton Kershaw, Ozzy no. Albies, Gary Sanchez, no. Blake Trina, and Jose no. Peraza. You took Jose Peraza. Yeah, I did. It seems kind of early, but I thought he was a good fit for my team. I needed some stolen bases. I love Peraza. My one concern for him is they might not hit him leadoff. You know, two weeks ago, I thought he was going to hit leadoff, and now they're talking about Jesse Winker hitting leadoff, and he's a good OBP guy. I mean, Peraza's a good fit for leadoff, but he doesn't have the OBP that some of the other guys have. He was 326 last year, but he had a really good second half. He had 14 homers, 23 steals. He has a good average. He makes good contact. Uh, in that park... In that park, I think he can get 15 home runs. I'm not even expecting 20, but I think he has the ability to steal 30, 35, maybe oh, yeah. 40 because he has the elite speed with a good average. And um, I think you know, I, wrote, I wrote he could go 18 to 20 home runs and 30 stolen bases. I really, I think he could take that next step up. Clearly, I think the that when you gave me the list, Peraza was easily the guy. I don't trust Kershaw at all. Trying and I know I don't want to take a closer at this point. Who were the other couple of names you gave me? Ozzy Albies, Gary Sanchez, yeah. Kenley Jensen. I, I know you don't want Sanchez there. And then I, Albies, I don't, I don't hate, but, man, he really tailed off in the second half last year. So I, I think Peraza is a great pick. Yeah, and the way I looked at it, there was a, a couple other guys that I was thinking about, and I felt like they probably had a better chance of making it back. I considered Sanchez for a second. It is good value, but I just don't want to take a guy that I'm praying to get 500 at-bats out of in the fifth round. Like... And I didn't Who'd want Who would Clay Link take? Blake Trinan. Do you think that was was that the first closer selected? No, uh, Edwin Diaz went uh, fifth pick of round five. So the closers that people waited a little bit. I mean, there's only been two off the board through uh, five rounds. So I think in other drafts, probably you've seen him go in the fourth round, uh, a closer or two. So people are are waiting in this room a little bit on the closers. And Clayton Kershaw through five rounds is still on the board. Yeah, I'm not touching him. I'm telling you that right now. On the way back. Someone's going to take him this round. They have to. It oh, won't somebody's going to take it. It won't be you. All right, let's 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 discuss round six. What are the options? Roster construction. How do we do it scout fantasy style? We'll let you know. I'm Dr. Roto. He's Adam Ronis. And we'll be back talking more fantasy baseball with you right after this. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your Daily Roto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. All right, we're back. Did you know that Ricky Sanders took down more than $50,000 on DraftKings this weekend using the DailyRoto.com NBA lineup optimizer? And with the MLB season fast approaching, you'll be able to use those same DailyRoto.com optimizers, tools, and projections to cash in on the diamond, too. 
with the success of Daily Roto's NFL, NBA, and MLB products so often stealing the headlines, the magnificence of Daily Roto's PGA products can get overshadowed. But with DailyRoto.com partnering with Data Golf, you can't lose. Check out the all-new lineup optimizer with custom settings and advanced groupings, customizable projections for FanDuel and DraftKings, ownership projections, PGA finish probabilities, outright and top 20 market betting tools, head-to-head and three ball betting tools, PGA Pro tips, subscriber chat, and more. So I want you to go to dailyroto.com, click on Go Premium, choose Golf, and enter the promo code GOLF19. We'll give you a 10% discount. That's dailyroto.com. Click on Go Premium, click on Golf, and enter the promo code GOLF19 for a 10% discount. Ronis, I didn't know Ricky Sanders won 50K. I need a loan from him. Yeah, he's a he's a good player. Um, we, we occasionally talk on Twitter about NBA, and uh, I know he's done very, very well. So, congrats to him. Yeah, he's a good guy. I mean, uh, I feel like I think I was there when Ricky started. Right? He's been a he, he's been a recent newcomer to this industry. Like last like four or five years. Well, yeah, he was with Roto Experts yeah. to start, left, and then just recently came back to Daily Roto. Well, good for him. So I'm very happy for him. Uh, Ronis, I need my 50k win. When is that going to happen? You got to keep playing, man. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Thanks for that advice, coach. So, you I don't know, know I have, when. I can't, I can't predict these things. Uh, 2023. It's going to be in October, Ronis. October 2023. So then it's football for you. <sighs> Do you know I made my most money in baseball? Okay. Well, you said October. So if it's October. I know. I know. I'm just joking. I don't think football is going to be. There was, though, well, last year. I don't. Did I tell you this? Did I send it to you? Somewhere in the fourth quarter of the second games, I was in first place overall on the FanDuel, making 200K. And for, then, for what sport? Football. Okay. And then I ended up, you know, made, I think I made like 750 bucks or 1,000 bucks. I don't know. I came in like 10th or 11th or something like that. And that was heartbreaking. That's yeah, the closest that is tough, I've ever been. Man, when you're, when you're like right there. And then uh, it, it's it, and it falls apart. You're like, oh man! And then you start questioning yourself, like, oh, if I did this, I did that. It's the worst. Yeah. Well, the baseball one was worse because baseball it was literally, and I'm not even kidding you. I think one hit cost me forty five thousand dollars. I came in third overall at five k, and first place was fifty k. And it was like some maybe John Segura. Somebody got a hit in the ninth inning, and that and that took the money away. That's crazy. <laughs> right? It's crazy. That's, that's, that's that close. Oh, man. That's like the worst. I mean, look, it's great to be in that position, but you'd rather not see that. You're like, you know what? Why torture me like this? Do you want to hear a true story? True story is when it was happening, I didn't even watch. I, I literally was leaving our suits, and I, ha- I had to watch something else because if I watched that, I would have probably put my computer through the wall. See, I can't do that. I would have watched or followed on the computer. Like, I'm just too. Uh, I just can't. Like, I follow it, like, too closely. And maybe it's bad. Maybe sometimes, you know what, just shut it and walk away. Uh, well, so what I did was I'd watch an episode of Suits, and then I would come back and see the score, and then I'd go away. I was like, I can't look at this every minute because it was dri- it literally driving me insane. I'd be watching the game if it's on or finding something or staring at the live scoring and checking my phone and refreshing. That's just the way I am. Like, I know sometimes it's best, all right, just walk away and don't look at it and stare at it because it'll – Maybe ease it. But no, I'd be thinking about it even more if I was watching a show. So I can't do that. The best experience you need to have once in your life, Ronis, is watch a game with Tommy G about 1230 at night. 
Oh, I'm sure it's crazy. Furniture uh, is, is being thrown in the house. <laughs> you just hear stuff being slammed. That's all I'm saying. You just hear a lot of slams. Fortunately, the last time I was out with him, uh, he must have not been sweating anything that night because uh, he wasn't really paying any attention to any games. So. Oh, that's good. That's good for him. Yeah, that's good. I don't know, but I, I, I'm, I don't want to say I'm jealous. I'm happy. Didn't Mayo win like twenty or $30,000? And Ricky's won 50000 Dink has won a million bucks. I mean, I'm, I'm proud of these people. I just wish, like, I, I just want, like, a 25K win would be nice. But yeah, it'll happen, man. It's, uh, these things don't happen frequently to people. It Maybe there's a like handful. Maybe there's a handful, but they're also risking a lot of money, too. You got to understand that, too. You know, what's the profit potential? You know, some people are putting in four figures a night, and obviously some five. Or Renner. How about Renner? Won 36000 bucks last week. Yes. Playing NHL. Yeah, by the way, ScoutDFS.com. Join ScoutDFS.com. Best NHL guys out there, Rob Garriak and Steve Renner. 36 k roses. But I did see he did spend 1000 bucks that night. That's still a huge – I'll take that return any night, though. 1000 36 sign me up. Like, really? Uh, I, 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 see, I, I don't blame – I mean, I can't be jealous of that because there's no way I would play 1000 bucks in NHL. I just right, don't. and you just have to put that in perspective. There's a lot of people that just can't or won't put up $1,000 a night. So uh, you well, there, have to there, understand that. Yeah, there was a night years ago where I won big on FanDuel, and I won maybe $1,500, 2000 but I didn't enter my team in the $25 entry, and I would have won it. I entered yeah, it in like the $2, the $1, the $5, $10, but I didn't do that. And Jeff Manns was like, why didn't you enter it? And I was like, I just didn't want to spend that extra money because I didn't think, I don't know. Because I was just, I, I only wanted to spend like maybe $50 on the whole thing. But had I entered that tournament, I absolutely would have won it and won another 25K. I guess the point is, you know, if you're not willing to risk it, you can't complain. Exactly. Yeah. You know, you could sit there and see, wow, he won this, he won that. But when you look at how much money they're putting in, uh, not everyone's going to do that. So, you know, and there's nights where they're putting that money in and they're not profiting so you have to understand that but you make that one hit and it's probably going to make up for your year maybe even two years depending on what your bankroll is or my my pay up my credit cards on us that too <laughs> and then and i'm all even <laughs> and then i have to start from scratch again <laughs> but yeah i mean do you look at, I, I guess that's right if, if i won 10k that would support my uh i think i would blow through the 10k pretty quickly though that's the worst part you think so yeah and i tell you why and i can tell you this for sure Whenever I've won big money on DraftKings or FanDuel in the past, I tend to start playing bigger games. Oh, okay. So your eyes get big and you're like, they all do. right, well, now I want to get a million. Right, right. So now I'll do the $44 entry. I'll do the $100 entry. I get a little stupid, Ronas. Well, I mean, I think that's fine uh, as long as you don't continuously lose at it. Like if you do it and then you're losing like four or five days in a row, then you're like, okay, wait a second. Maybe I should just stick to what, what was working because now my bank role is diminishing. So I think it all depends on the perspective and what your risk tolerance is. Well, the reason I do it is because, first of all, I think there are fewer teams now. Now I can afford to pay up to have fewer teams against me, right? But the, the problem is you have fewer teams, but they're better. Those yes. guys are really sharp. That's what is a big thing, like, you know, uh, in the – contests where there's only 60 70 people even 100 at a higher dollar level they're obviously very sharp and there's a reason why they're paying, playing in those contests so it's more difficult compared 
to the larger field, which yeah, you know, obviously the thing is in the large field ones, you got these people just throwing out like the craziest lineups that could potentially win. You're like, wait a second. How did you pick this guy who's like 1.3% right. owned and they happen to have a three homer day? Right. Now, I mean, the Thunderdome where let's say there's, I don't know, 500 people, maybe 50 are stupid. But the other 450 are all killers. I mean, they're all literally, you know, sharks who are going to kill you. Right. But out of, you know, 170,000 people, I would say 70,000 people are idiots. I mean that in the best way. Yes, I know you do. <laughs> less, less successful DFS players. Uh, but that, that is true. I don't know. Are you going to play? Will you be? Are you excited about? I know you're excited about NBA. I know you are. And I know you're doing well, especially in the Yahoo game. Are you excited for baseball? Yeah. I mean, I still... Still, I'm excited about the NBA. It's getting a little bit tougher now because we got a lot of injuries, really. It hasn't actually been that bad this year, but over the last couple of weeks, it has started to pick up where you just have a lot of questions. I think it was Thursday or Friday. I think it was Friday. It was an absolute nightmare at lineup lock. Like, there was breaking news left and right, and you just kind of had to be on top of things and – uh even after lineup lock on the late swap sites, I think it was Friday, where Kelly Oubre was announced in the starting lineup, and I was able to switch him into three lineups, and he was like 17% owned, and he had like 43 points. So, yeah, you just have to pay attention to a lot more. And the NBA has done a really good job this year of kind of spreading out the schedule, like seven games here, eight. But for some reason, after this All-Star break, they had three games last night, 11 tonight, three tomorrow, and 11 Wednesday. So I don't know what's happened. Uh, they had a nice spaced out seven games here eight here six here nothing crazy reasonable and now like 311 311 i don't understand what's happened after the all-star break now on 11 game slate tonight do you find that's easier or harder what do you like doing i kind of like the seven eight nine obviously 11 there's a lot more to sift through and a lot more players are in play although there are some games early with some large spreads that are not too appealing. But sometimes when you try to predict these blowouts, they don't work out. Sometimes I think you just need to to forget about it. Because like last night, did anyone think the Knicks were going to beat the Spurs? I sure didn't. And the Knicks won pretty easily. Yeah, that's that was insane. But that was a three-game slate. I actually had three players in that game last night. I had DeRozan, Rudy Game, and Mitch Robinson. So uh, it actually helped uh, helped me a little bit. But I didn't. I only put in one lineup yesterday. Now, now, with with baseball, see, what I like about baseball is it's the antithesis of football. You know by, like, 5 o'clock, you kind of know who's out there. You can study it. You know the batting order. You can kind of play around with the, uh, you know, I like to match up teams. You know, can I get the Rockies with the Padres and make that and make that work? You know what I'm saying? Where in the NBA, I find, like, I'm literally freaking out every night at 648, Ronas. No, and I think that's going to happen a lot over the next month. Uh, there's already some question marks for today where we're not sure about, and some of them are in the 8 o'clock games. So it, 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 on one hand, it's a disadvantage if you don't have the time to invest. If you are able to pay attention and you're on a site with late swap and you can make those changes, then uh, it helps you out because there might be people who just kind of set it at lineup lock, even on a late swap site, and just kind of walk away because they have things to do or families or dinner or, or need to go out or something. And you know, if they're not following it on their phone and keeping up to date with all the news, it puts them behind. When other people are making the switch to 
a potential value play that all of a sudden opens up the salary to get an elite superstar. Yeah, I, I find like even when I play a lot of NBA, and I have, I, I, to be honest with you, I've not played in the last couple of months. I'm very proud of myself because I was really heading down a dark path of loser, loserdom. I, I was like, how does this guy? This guy would play Mike Muscala, and I just didn't see that coming. Like people would play guys that seemed like obvious plays, and I was missing them. And I knew I had to stop playing because I just, like, was it Mike Scott? Is that the guy? Maybe from the Hawks or something like that. People were like getting random starts and excelling, and I was just missing it, Adam. I just didn't know what to do at that point. Yeah, uh, it's not for everyone. I understand it's uh, it's really tough. If you don't have the ability to kind of follow all the late-minute news, Muscala was probably a night where Embiid was ruled out, and uh, that opened some playing time. Although he hasn't been great this year. Uh, I think he's only had, like, a couple good games. You know, Embiid's out now, and, well, Muscala's gone. But, uh, yeah, he, he, he hasn't really – he had one or two good games, I think, earlier in the year when uh, Embiid was out. Has the optimizer out. been on fire? Yeah, it's been good. Um, you know, I'll – I'll, I'll, I'll always check it to see what it does, and once in a while I'll say, okay, if I'm throwing in like five lineups, I'll go, okay, I'll throw in this one just to see uh, what it does. Um, obviously, I disagree on sometimes, and it always loves Russell Westbrook no matter what, <laughs> all the time. And, <laughs> and, and it Westbrook, would be right. <laughs> it, yeah, but there was a lot of times I was using Paul George more than Westbrook. Uh, that I did use a Westbrook and George the other night together against Utah. Uh, Westbrook fouled out in that game. But, yeah, Westbrook had his uh, triple-double streak snapped. Uh, I think it was at 11, uh, and he did foul out one of the games. But Paul well, George That's when our man Willie Walls was making crazy dollars because he played Paul George every night. So was I. He was cheaper than Westbrook. I think he finally evened his salary with Westbrook on FanDuel. DraftKings, he was still below him. But George is playing at an MVP level. He had a, a shot to win the game with less than a second left in double overtime on Friday against Utah. He's just been... Uh, tremendous this year and, and a lot of other years he might win the MVP but with James Harden and Giannis uh, it's going to be tough but he's definitely put his name in that conversation my son and I were talking about that in the car as I I, I still think Harden's going to win because I think that Russell and George will cancel each other out uh, I think there's a chance that Giannis gets it uh, I thought it was Harden all along and I would lean that way now but I could see a scenario uh, where Giannis gets it, although he is doubtful for tonight's game with the knee injury. And Harden now, is Harden sat out over the weekend uh, right. with a neck injury and illness. He is listed as probable for tonight, and it's reflected in the line because uh, the line's moving up as the Rockets uh, are now a 12-point favorite over the Hawks at home tonight. Who would you guess is going to be the Eastern Conference representative? I, I say it's going to be the Sixers. Do you agree or disagree? I think it's really tough. I've been going back and forth trying to figure that out. Uh, I do like Milwaukee because of Giannis. I just feel like he has the ability to take a game over. Toronto, I think, got better with Gasol. Uh, but Kawhi Leonard just missing games. <laughs> he sat out again yesterday due to rest. I know. We were talking about that. Yeah, you know, I said to my son this morning in the car, I go, I think the NBA is enabling Kawhi because they just don't want to no, piss it's him not off. The, it's not the NBA. It's Toronto. What? Right, but they're just enabling him. I, I don't know why. Tired of they, it. They want to try and keep him, but uh, he's probably not going to stay there. But they he's lost not the game staying. yesterday. They lost by 15. You know, you could say, oh, well, it's just the regular season. They're fighting for seeding in the Eastern Conference, man. I mean, you don't want to fall down to the four and have to play a tough first-round game. 
So I know, right, and I'm, I'm just saying that they're letting this guy dictate the, how this whole team, how this this team could win. This team could absolutely be in the Eastern Conference Final if Kawhi just showed up every night. Yeah, I mean, look, they are only two games out of the top seed behind Milwaukee. Indiana deserves a lot of credit. They've lost Oladipo. They're eight and two in their last ten. They're forty and twenty. They're the third seed in the Eastern Conference. Two games ahead of the Sixers. I don't think they can do well in the playoffs without Oladipo. You'd, you'd want to play them in the playoffs. You're not worried about them. Yeah, for sure. I mean, but right now, the first-round matchup is Philly and Boston, the 4-5. That would be a ridiculous first round. <laughs> I don't know. Boston just doesn't seem right this year, though, Adam. They don't, but I still think they're dangerous because they've been there. They have talent. They have a good coach. And Kyrie Irving can take over a game. So I know right now it doesn't look great, and they've struggled a little bit, but I still wouldn't rule them out in the playoffs. All right, who's coming up in hour number two, Adam? Uh, Gene McCaffrey from The Athletic. Oh, He's going to join me Gene. at 3.20 p.m. Eastern. Oh, say hi to Gene for me. I love him. He's great. All right, guys, this is Dr. Road. I'm going to tell you that I'm out of here, so be well and take care. Stay tuned for hour number two with Adam Ronis. And remember, go to scoutfantasysports.com, enter the promo code BATS50. That's BATS50. We'll get you 50% off your, two, your, your first two months with us, and hopefully we'll get you to a fantasy baseball championship. Excited about G. McCaffrey coming on in hour number two? We'll be back right after this. Yeah.